0: Whether you agree with climate change or not, I think we can all agree that these weather patterns have been disturbing, right? We have flooding going on. We have greater amounts of hurricanes and severe storms and tornadoes. And we are, as a result, having to really re-strategize how we power our homes, our businesses, and basic operations, hospitals, schools, military facilities, despite these, these natural disasters that are happening. Again, renewables is the answer to this in many ways.
1: On this episode of The Creator Community, we'll meet Tom Wyrick, a renewable industry veteran with never-ending gratitude and a passion for making the world a better place through helping others and working to grow the industry he loves. We'll hear how Tom made an unlikely entry into the renewable energy space through a volunteer project and how a mentor helped him develop his skills to thrive in the industry, especially resilience. We'll follow Tom's journey of writing an op-ed to celebrate the renewable industry titans and its many risk-takers and how this led him to writing his First book on the industry, we took the risk. Check out the show. Welcome to the Creator Community. This is a podcast from book publisher New Degree Press or NDP. I'm your host, John Saunders. This show is designed to celebrate, elevate, and showcase many of the incredible authors that have published their books with NDP. In this show, we we'll learn about the authors, their journeys, and their books. This year, NDP will cross over 1,500 published authors from six continents and earn the 293rd spot on the Inc. 5,000 list. This is the fastest growing privately held companies in America. If you've ever thought of writing a book but weren't sure where to start or how to finish, visit creator.institute to learn more about this coaching program. This is episode nine of season five. And today I'm with me, Tom Wyrick, author of We Took the Risk, due out this September, 2022, wherever you buy books online. Tom is a key facilitator that has connected pivotal players in the global renewable energy industry for over eighteen years, working with teams that have closed three hundred plus renewable energy transactions across a variety of technologies. Throughout his renewables journey, the stories of how colleagues got their started renewables have continuously inspired and empowered him in his daily work. As an award-winning marketing leader in the energy sector, he is a frequent industry panel moderator, speaker, and op-ed contributor focusing on innovation, entrepreneurship, and market opportunities surrounding the U.S. clean energy transition. Weirich's passion for renewables extends beyond the confines of his day job with countless hours spent promoting philanthropic efforts focused on technology, innovation, career mentoring, workforce development, and STEM education. Tom, great to see you.
0: Welcome to the show. Great. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks for having me.
1: What a fascinating background you have in the Alternative energy space, renewable energy space, which for some of us is still kind of new and not we're not that familiar with it. So love to hear a bit more about your career journey and, and the work that led you to this book. Tom, what let's start there.
0: Definitely. Thanks so much, John. So fell into renewable energy basically by, by coincidence. Like many people in the industry that came into the industry early on, this was an industry that was starving for skill sets and for knowledge around ways to create a better business development model and and really market and communicate effectively on the potential renewable energy had for the United States. And so, like so many others, I came back to my roots in Washington, D.C., and through an introduction from a dear friend of mine, Jody Roussel, uh, she introduced me to the American Council on Renewable Energy, which was hosting a policy conference that year, the first policy conference ever on renewables on the Hill. And uh, I had you know, volunteered at the event and really fell in love with the renewables industry, got to learn about the technologies powering this, this new and innovative area, got to speak and, and to, to policy stakeholders and learn about the policies that were needed, and learn more about how the industry is being financed. So it was, I would say, this opportunity stepping outside of my comfort zone and, and really in, uh, embracing a new industry and trying to understand it that really brought me to the renewable energy industry. And so that first step, I would say, that many people today are, are taking really led me to really fall in love with an industry and a career that's taken me you know, through through today.
1: It's fascinating so many times how when we get out of our comfort zone, maybe even do some volunteer work, you're not even getting paid for it, right? That we found this, this passion for something that we really didn't know we we're that excited about, and yet that's exactly how you found your way to it. And here you are now an industry veteran a couple of de- decades into it. So how did that work, Tom? For you lead in and, and turn it to a book.
0: Yeah, no, it's really a really confluence of two journeys that happened at the same time. And, you know, looking back, it looks like it was beautifully orchestrated, but I promise you, it wasn't. So what was basically happening was at that same ACOR conference that I just mentioned, the ACOR policy forum on the Hill, I had met, I met one of my first mentors in the renewables industry, Lieutenant Colonel William Holmberg, or I called him Bill, in the office. And Bill really was an inspiration to me. He was basically the godfather of the biomass and biofuels industry. And and every CEO in those industries today at one point interned for Bill throughout his career in Washington. And Bill really, for me, not only taught me about biomass and biofuels, uh, but he also gave me uh, insight into invaluable skill sets that would aid me for my whole career journey, right? And that ranged from stubbornness to being, you know, to grit, Persistence to adaptability. Uh, just like this industry is adapted to the modern energy environment, we ourselves and our careers have to constantly adapt to the needs of the industry. Right. So he gave me all those skill sets, and unfortunately, he he passed away about three years ago. And, you know, I was on a business trip during the time and, and couldn't make his funeral. And it was one of those decisions in life when it's one of the very few, if the only one that I just, you know, looking back, I wish I had made a different choice. And so Bill deserved more for me. And so I felt, okay, let me write an op-ed. It's his third anniversary of his passing. And let me write an op-ed for those folks coming into the industry who might have never heard about him, right? And uh, write about his his career journey and maybe help inspire some future biomass and biofuels uh, professionals, And so that had been percolating. And as I was doing research for that op-ed piece, many of the CEOs had background stories about the industry that I had no clue about. And that in turn really inspired me, even though I've been in the industry already, you know, 18 plus years. And so I thought, you know what, th- this might be something that, that might blossom into a larger project. So that was going on on one side. On the other side, Eric Kester, who runs the Creator Institute at Georgetown University, you know, had been speaking with me for about four years. And he was constantly coming after me saying, listen, you have a story to tell. You need to write a book about it. And of course, like many professionals who, who have dedicated their lives to renewables, right? I was busy at work and I'm like, there's just no time. I just don't have any time to write. And so he, he kept on being persistent and coming after me. And, and funny enough, when I said no to him the first time, I actually introduced him to a friend of mine, Richard Marks who did take him up on his offer and wrote a book on a, a whole other genre, right, about spirituality. And I was basically there during his journey because he was basically bunking with me in my small New York apartment for about a year. And I got to experience the journey from the outside, right? And uh, having that experienced that and then having Eric follow up funny enough about a year ago, right when I was trying to think about writing this, this op-ed piece for Bill Holmberg, Eric called and said, again, pitched me. And at that moment, I'm like, you know what? This is meant to happen. Both these conversations are happening at the same time. Let me merge them into one. And so what what was supposed to be a simple, you know, thousand, two thousand word op-ed became a book about those risk takers who really created the industry that we all benefit from today.
1: You know, it's funny. You and I have a really eerily parallel journey into our books where I was sort of working on two different projects and they merged together into one. I was inspired to write a paper on leadership and at the same time was trying to figure out what to do next with my career. And somebody gave me great advice and they said, if you want to figure out what to do next, go immerse yourself in something and your value proposition will manifest itself. And I remember hearing that and thinking, what are you talking about? I was what are you, Yoda? I didn't quite get it. And as I continued to sort of push on this new thing and write, this suddenly became one through meeting Eric and getting the book off the ground. That is awesome. So you are a busy guy right? You learned about this through this almost, dare I say, osmosis, having this person who is sort of sleeping in your couch for a little while. Yeah. How did how did you fit in into your life with all the other hours, all the other things demanding your time?
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think like many things in life today, you know, as a working professional, we are pulled in a million directions, right? Every day. And that's just in the office, right? Then personally, you're pulled in a million dollar directions with family and volunteering events, things like that. I think it's, it all came down to making a conscious decision to make the space for it, right? And being disciplined and carving out the space. And Like many of those CEOs that I interviewed, you know, one of the things that every one of the CEOs mentioned was that we as an industry have been going a million miles a minute, expanding as quickly as we can. But have we really been taking the time to stop, to pause, to celebrate where we've, where we came from, where we are today, where we're going, right? And, and really re strategically. Tweak our game plan moving forward, and not only for industry sake, or let's say our business development plans in our offices, but also our personal careers. You know, have we done that for ourselves? Have we really celebrated where we've come from, where we're going, and, and really, you know, celebrate the moment? And the answer was no in my life. So I felt, you know, this actually, this book in a lot of ways saved me, and that it gave me that that creativity space, that's that reflective space that I needed to to be really grateful and and look back and and honestly reconnect with all these amazing people that still are in the industry, still creating impact, right? So you know, to answer your question, it was you know, being disciplined, carving out the time, and then being present and saying, okay, let me take advantage of this time and, and really develop again a deep gratitude and, and almost fall in love again with renewables. You know, So in a lot of ways, this confluence of, of conversations and this, this exercise uh, really turned out to be an exercise that I needed, that I didn't know I needed, right? And again, gave me this exercise of gratitude. We, we talk about being grateful, right? But this, this book writing journey gave me that, that opportunity to truly be sincerely grateful and, and, and re-enjuvenate my career. You know, 18 years in renewables, you know, every day I, I have excitement in my life with this job, but doing this really did help me. I would say, give me the, the empowerment and the inspiration I needed to say, you know what? I still have another 20, 30 years left. Of impact.
1: That is so interesting. And I love this thread of gratitude, right? You started yeah. out writing because yeah. you wanted to show some gratitude towards Bill, who was this great mentor to you and helped you grow and evolve your career in so many ways and think maybe bigger and strategically about the industry. And as you continue to write and grow this thing, you became more grateful for the journey and didn't even know totally. it was one that you needed to be on. And speaking of gratitude, part of this journey that, that this process coaches people through is a pre-sale, Tom. And you mm-hmm. had one of the most successful pre-sales that this program has. Ever seen 1500 authors? I think you were number three or four ever in fund in raising in the pre sale. $28,000 over 600, I think, copies of your book sold. For those who don't know, most authors sell around 200 books lifetime. That is the lifetime average of books sold. You sold 600 before it even published. What was that like for you?
0: That exp- I, I, humbling. I mean, completely really humbling. Humbling and half terrifying. You know, my, my <laughs> joke that I've been telling folks is I'm excited to get the book out you know, at the end of this month, at this, at the end of September, right? At the same time, I'm terrified because, you know, I'm putting something out there. I'm opening myself up and becoming vulnerable for people's feedback. And, you know, and it, it was also, you know, I had to struggle with reconciling that, you know, I couldn't talk about, you know, speak to every story out there. There's so many, we're an industry that's really blessed with amazing leaders with so many stories, right? So that was the gut-wrenching exercise was going from 100 leaders down to 25, right? And in so doing, right, and me reaching out, it was, What was really amazing was the support I received from leaders, right? Saying, listen, this hasn't been done before. It's such an important thing to do, Tom. Thank you for taking the step to do it. And that really helped, I would say, get me past my fear of what if, what if I miss out on somebody important? What if I mess up somewhere? You know, what if I don't get something accurate? You know, the empowerment that I got from every single interview, as well as folks I spoke to about the book really helped me through the journey, right? Writing, you have to write in a community. And I was very fortunate through this process, right, to be in a community of authors, writing books at the same time I was, but also I am within this renewables community, which is I think one of the biggest benefits of being in renewables is the community, is those around you, right? Not only for mentorship, but also for for fellow you know, empowerment. So to my shock, I went out, I reached out to folks, to my network, so I said, listen, I'm writing this book, you know, I'm still pulling it together. I can't really show you a lot about it yet. But hey, I want your support in in this concept of really having this community come together and inspiring this next generation of, of professionals. And to my shock and surprise, everyone came out of the woodwork saying, supporting me. And even beyond the 651 books, I have another 300 individuals who have emailed me personally or texted me saying, listen, I missed your presale. Count me in for when the book launches on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, right? So it, it's been overwhelming. And I think, again, it points to the the you know, the, the resilience, the beauty, the, the strength this industry has that we are a community that comes together to support each other. And I'm just really excited. I mean, this is, again, an exercise of gratitude. And I think as an industry, we all see that. And as an industry that's constantly growing, that needs to challenge ourselves to grow a workforce as quickly as possible to meet our goals in the next couple of years, you know, especially due to the most recent passing the Inflation Reduction Act we need more people. We need a diverse 21st century workforce. And my hope is that this book, and I think the, the hope for everybody who supported me in this book is that we, you know, have a book that we can then proudly give to these new new entrants to the market and really inspire them to do their best and, and get this industry going.
1: Such a fascinating story at the intersection of creation and passion, right? You created this book, you shared your passion and energy for this mission. And people, as you said, came out of the woodwork to help and support you, not only in offering you interviews, but ordering your book, buying your book. And I know you have a number of speaking engagements coming up around this as well, which we'll talk a little bit about later. What an awesome story. Congratulations on the early success you've had, no doubt, many great days ahead. So Tom, we took the risk. What is this book about?
0: You know, it's simply about the early risk takers in the US renewable energy industry, right? We we were an industry that, that's always been small but mighty, right? And now it's kind of the tables have turned. We're becoming a mighty industry. And as we grow, we have so many new entrants in to the market coming to us, especially from the oil and gas industry. You know, the traditional energy industry is waking up and understanding that in order to be a truly 21st century energy player, you, you have to play in renewables, right? You you have to be looking forward. At Clean Tech Technologies. And so as a result, we have a, a lot of folks coming into the industry that are new. They don't have an understanding really of why we do what we do, how we do what we do, and, and who are those folks that really inspired and sparked this greater revolution in energy, right? So the, the purpose of the book was twofold. One, to document those stories of those early risk takers. And then secondarily, look at their traits. You know, what was the, 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 the special sauce, right? What was what were the traits that inspired these? People just like you and I to take a risk to jump into an industry they didn't really know a lot about and really grow it out and become successful entrepreneurs and CEOs in, in their journeys. Right. So those are the kind of two main points and kind of the call to action here is, listen, doesn't matter if you're new to the industry or if you've been in the industry for 15, 20, 30 years, right. We all have the power to make an impact. And of all the industries out there, renewables rewards you for making, taking that risk and, and taking that jump in, in growing out the renewables industry.
1: So not only does the book celebrate and showcase many of the folks that were these early risk takers, sort of past, present, and future of the industry, but it also offers some traits around what made these people successful. Is that what I'm hearing?
0: Correct. 100%.
1: What were some of those key traits you saw in these leaders that were willing to take these risks and go out into the unknown? Because renewables, when you started, weren't that yeah. big of a
0: thing. Definitely. I You know, a lot of them were related to adaptability. So we had many folks, just like one of the, the executives I featured was Nancy Floyd. She was one of the first venture capitalists in renewables, particularly in wind energy 20, 30 years ago, when no one was looking at this, no one was understanding how to finance this, right? These were considered cute environmental projects, right, that were meant for gooders, you know, good doers out there to to do something positive. But it wasn't taken seriously. It wasn't taken seriously from a financing perspective or from an energy generation perspective, right? So she was the one of the very few that was adaptable. She saw the market, she said, okay, well, let me adapt to the market, see how it's working. And as a result of her adaptability, and and going into the traditional venture capital commercial real estate space, she saw an opportunity and said, okay, well, let me adapt to the market. Let me figure out how to get into this technology grouping. and, And let me make the case here that no, indeed, wind energy is viable, and it can be built around a, a, a business model, a business proposition that is profitable. And so she was one of the very first that that jumped in the California market, developed one of the first wind farms, which we actually still see today, believe it or not, those, those 30-year-old wind, wind farm, the, the wind turbines we see on the Ultimate Pass just outside of San Francisco are actually that original project, right? So there's still a standing testament there to her first risk, but she did it. And she did it, you know, and it wasn't a linear path, right? It was a path where she started in the commercial real estate space, right? And she just, you know, she she moved them, made the move from the East Coast to the West Coast to jump into commercial real estate. And it just didn't work out for her. And she did fail. And she moved back to the East Coast. But she then developed this, this interest in renewables and said, you know what? Let me make this work. And she seed funded And believe it or not, came back to California a couple of years later and bought out that commercial real estate company that she had, you know, not had, you know, had a falling out with and actually bought them out and then turned them into Nth Power, right? Into a venture capital firm that would be investing in modern 21st century clean energy technologies, right? So talk about taking, you know, a lemon and making lemonade out of it, right? And being an inspiration. And and again, she was one of the very few women in that sector, in that space to, to do that, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I love the, the, this, this other metaphor here around, right? Adaptable resilience, yeah. right? Boy, if this, this industry, the, the energy has to be adaptable and resilient in sort of this day and age. And yet here she's, what a great metaphor for it of, of all these amazing people you interviewed. So for those who don't know that much about the renewable industry, Tom, why are renewables important today?
0: You know, they're important today for for two key reasons. Number one, you know, as we look at from an energy security perspective and, you know, with the background of the Ukraine war going on, right, with what we see happening in Europe with, with Russia, you know, cutting off gas supplies to, to Europe or threatening to do it, right, we need to be more secure as a country. So, and this is something that Bill Holmberg constantly, constantly told me. From a national security perspective, we need to make our energy supply secure. And that's homegrown energy, right? So from a if you go up to a 30,000 foot view, right, we should be supportive of all energy being developed in the United States, but we need to be supportive of, of energy sources, right, that are tied to sources that are inexhaustible. And the sun and wind are, for example, the two most inexhaustible sources we have, especially also water. We're very blessed in many parts of the country to have water resources. So how do we tap into those, right? Into those inexhaustible sources of energy and and generate energy that that we can rely upon. And and with the advent and birth of storage now, we don't have to just rely on the wind blowing at night or the sun shining during the day. We now have storage that can actually keep hours days, weeks' worth of energy reliable. So many of these facilities now can be 24-7 in terms of generating energy and putting that into the grid, right, to power millions of, of homes. So we're already powering millions of homes through renewables. So from a national security perspective, it's a no-brainer. Let's create energy here in the United States based on sources that are here in the U.S. And, and let's do so in a reliable and cost-effective way. And with the prices of natural gas and oil as we've seen today, renewables are finally very competitive pricing wise. So the question is how do we make it more competitive, right? And continue on that trend. So national security is one of the key reasons why we see renewables growing. The other one is resiliency. Whether you agree with climate change or not, I think we can all agree that these weather patterns have been disturbing, right? We have flooding going on, we have greater amounts of hurricanes and severe storms and tornadoes. And we are as a result having to really re-strategize how we power our homes, our businesses, and basic operations, hospitals, schools, military facilities, despite these, these natural disasters that are happening. Again, renewables is the answer to this in many ways, in that when we have the you know, natural gas disruption, when our power lines go down, guess what? If you have distributed generation, the solar on your roof, if you have microgrids going on, if you have storage, these are ways that we can get around, you know, around these issues and become more resilient and, and provide the resiliency we need the, for the grid, right? So, again, those two reasons I think are the key reasons, the key drivers why you see policy moving forward, like the Inflation Reduction Act. That's why you see Wall Street being very serious and and dumping tons of money into renewables into clean tech, and it's why we see a lot of technology R and D innovation being turned towards bettering storage capacity, right, bettering solar pa- panel, solar cell efficiency, and bettering our, our, our blade turbine technologies, right, around wind turbines. I mean, when I joined and started in renewables, you know, we would celebrate a 1.5 megawatt wind turbine. We're like, that's, that's gigantic, right? Now we have 12 megawatt wind turbines in the ocean powering Hundreds of thousands of homes across the world, right? So we have the technology, it's proven, it's economical, and now we have the policies behind us. So there's really a lot of wind behind our backs, no pun intended, to really move this industry forward.
1: It's fascinating to hear uh that story because what's more American than self reliance, right? If, if we can get this yeah. thing right and off the ground, and, and it, obviously it's grown tremendously in the last number of years, but still a lot of upside to it, right? We can no longer rely on other parts of the world to power our homes and do all the things that we like to do that is
0: and and create jobs i mean at the end of the day you know again to your all-american theme in a day and age when especially post-covid right we're trying to create jobs here we're also trying to you know invest in infrastructure and build out our infrastructure right and we want to give basic americans money back in their pocketbooks and their wallets right and how do we do that? Well, we do that by creating infrastructure that lowers the cost of our long-term energy. And, that, and that's what renewables does is, is that promise that yes, it is gonna reduce costs. And so no matter what happens globally with insecurity with energy, no matter how inflation looks, right? This is actually helping us and average Americans like you and I save on our energy costs day to day.
1: And at the same time, without even having to, like just the process of doing it, creating a cleaner environment, which is pretty awesome. What do you think? What do you think it is about the renewable sector, Tom, that attracts these risk takers that you talk about?
0: You know, it's it's the excitement about the industry, right? One thing that I cover in the book, one of the chapters, is this volatile energy environment, right? That we've been facing ever since the seventies, with President Jimmy Carter, right, and the oil embargoes and the Iran crisis, right, and all that. We've been, as an energy sector as a whole, it's been a volatile environment where we've had these cycles, these booms and busts in the seventies that still have continued even to today, where you have had to, it's almost like the Wild West, you've had to adapt and you've had to you know, have the foresight to go, okay, I'm, I'm in it for the long term here. I'm not in it for the short term. And be, be ready to take some risk in, in going into sectors of energy where there's high rewards, high payoff but sometimes short-term hurt and short-term losses and short-term failures. And so in many of the executive journeys that I covered in the book, you've seen these executives come in and and really work to make all the stars align. Did they fail? Yes. Many times they failed, but they got up and continued. And I think that's what makes the renewables entrepreneurs so much more different than let's say an entrepreneur, let's say in the software industry or the tech industry, working like semiconductors, for example, not that semiconductors are important. They're very important for us in renewables, but, you know i think this call to better the world this this passion to actually better the environment around us this kind of call really inspired these individuals to keep on going no matter what was in front of them and this promise to make a better environment for all of us and it's not just greenwashing or 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 you know just an ad campaign these executives really believed in it and they can't say do believe that we can make a better world through these technologies and i think that's what really kept them going but These, you know, when you look at their careers and you juxtaposition it across against this volatile energy environment, I mean, it wasn't for the week. I mean, I've only been in for 18 years, but I've already felt like the roller coaster ride of at least two decades in it. I can imagine being three or four decades and continuing to move forward. But that's what these entrepreneurs and these risk takers did. And I think that uncertainty actually inspired and many of them being very persistent said, you know what, damn it, we're going to continue despite policies coming and going on incentives despite administrations coming in and out, one administration supporting renewables, another one not supporting it, they saw the long term potential and profit and payoff, right? And that's why they stuck with it. And I think that volatility, which would turn away many others, many other entrepreneurs, you know, actually attracted the right mix, the right personalities to the industry, right? And I think that's what continuously inspires so many to come to renewables, right? And that's why we are such a growing workforce that we see today. It's because of that uncertainty. It actually did the opposite of what we think it would do. It actually did attract more people than not.
1: Got it. Well, of course, with greater uncertainty, you can have greater upside, greater returns, right? Having a,
0: now, I'm my,
1: now I'm putting my old Wall Street hat back on, yeah. uh, right? Greater risk, greater return. And certainly that's been the case in the renewable space. And it still, to me, it looks like there's tremendous upside. And I think no matter what side of the aisle you sit on in America, I think all of us can get behind creating more jobs, and creating energy independence from the rest of the world. That's agreed. Agreed. I love that. So you had the great privilege and honor to showcase and, and, and interview all these amazing executives in the energy space. You talked about, Bill, sort of from a few years ago. But of the folks you got to interview through the journey, the book journey, who, which one stood out to you the most?
0: Oh, gosh. You know, for me, you know, I had a good run in New York as part of my career working for Cohen-Restin Capital and then for Rubicon Infrastructure and Rubicon Capital Advisors. So for me the most interesting ones were the journeys associated with New York, right? John Cavalier, many of the folks in renewables know this name. John Cavalier is, is one of the top executives if not the top executive you think of when you speak about finance and renewable energy. This one individual led the first 7 to 8 IPOs in the renewable energy industry back to back in the early 2000s, right? So, you know, as I mentioned before, you know when I spoke about Nancy Floyd, we went from this time period of uncertainty of the financial uh, and the profitable windfalls right, for, for renewables. So we went from that period in the 80s to in the early 2000s, renewables being the hot thing that all financiers and all folks in Wall Street were investing in. Before that happened, you had initial key investors come in to really tread water and to show the way for other financiers. And many of the top executives right now in all the top banks in Wall Street all do tie back to John Cavalier, either giving them a chance showing them the ropes or being a mentor, right? So that's a constant also theme in this book. They were all interconnected. Every single one of these executives, though they're titans in their own sphere, they all knew each other. They all supported each other, right? Which which was very interesting. I think it's a lesson for us all that as an industry, even though we grow out, still we have to support each other. We're we're all tied together. And so John did that. He launched the first IPOs in the industry, one of them primarily being SunTech out of China, one of the first Chinese IPOs, right? that was successful. And he really, through his example, started to develop ways that the investment banks all start to restructure their own groups and their own investment groups and how they split up books of business. And also, you know, how they crafted how to invest in renewables and how to get them viable and how to get these companies out on the stock market and raising serious dollars, right? So John was a primary example there. Another one, another example that's tied to New York, but also tied to London is is Michael Liebreich, who helped found New Energy Finance, which we all know today as Bloomberg New Energy Finance, right? He, again, came to the industry and saw a great need that was needed, which was no one really knew financial data behind renewables. No one knew how to evaluate solar panels or wind turbines or the businesses behind them. And so he put together an armada of interns in one room and said, listen, we need data sets to create certainty for the financial markets and for these investors. Let's do it. Let, let's do something no one's done before. Let's gather all these data sets. And let's make the case for why renewables finance and why renewables are viable in the market. And, you know, again, he had foresight. He, you know, he took a gamble, but it was a calculated risk, right? And by doing so, he created this, this amazing platform called New Energy Finance, which became the underpinning, the you know, the market intelligence we needed as an industry to grow. And it not only impacted the financial sector, but also impacted investor certainty and technology companies, helping them invest in a lot of these startups that we today see as as big flourishing companies, right? And that then gave signal to folks in Washington, right? The policymakers saw money coming in to renewals from Wall Street. They saw money being invested in Silicon Valley in these startups. And in turn, the politicians were like, you know what? We, we need to give them runway to grow out this industry, right? So as a result of Michael's work, you know, the causality and the impact was felt throughout the industry, right? And, you know, he ended up selling New Energy Finance to Bloomberg, right? Because Bloomberg saw that value. And we now see it being, you know, Bloomberg New Energy Finance being one of the top, you know, you know, top market intelligence platforms out there really aiding us even today, 20 years later. So it just shows you all of these folks started in their own realm. They saw a need. Uh, they took advantage of that need. They took risks, many of them taking own financial risks right you know putting their houses you know taking ho- loans against their homes you know dedicating tons of hours to this to these ventures you know and uh, it paid off and uh, we see uh, their risk pay off paying off even today even 20 30 years later after they made their first risk and,
1: and we'll continue i i can't help but appreciate right. the irony of a guy with the last name cavalier was the one that helped change the <laughs> change the renewable energy industry i think Many times exactly. like, I think of Cavalier. I think of maybe wildcat drillers in the oil industry, yeah. right in the '60s yeah. or yeah. '70s. And here's a guy, Cavalier, that changed the alternative renewable energy space. So, Tom, we took the risk. What is your call to action in this book? What do you want? What do you want people to do?
0: Quite simply, you know, take the risk. in a, In a day and age when we're being asked to mitigate risk, right, to reduce risk, to to be risk averse, uh, you know, in order for us to continue to grow this industry and get into the next phase of renewables. Development, we, we need to take risks in and we need to attract risk takers back to this industry, right? There's nothing against us being mature and growing out as an industry and being a stable industry. We we need that. That's very important. But at the same time, you know, we're an industry that was given birth to by entrepreneurs and by those that took risks. And we cannot really forget our, our humble beginnings. And, and we really need to inspire this next generation. And I think in an era where there's so many young kids coming out of college, looking for an industry that they not only can, you know mobilize and, and and utilize their skill sets, right? But they're looking for industries you can actually believe in and have a passion in, and have a calling and affinity to. The renewables industry is an industry that can offer that to them, right? And so my my call to action is, listen, if you have a passion, if you're hungry to take on a new challenge, you know, the renewables industry is open to you. And then also secondarily, you know, if you are in the industry already 18 years or more, guess what, you still can create an impact. This is an industry that's ready and, and needing you to continue to continue to work hard and, and inspire the next generation. And I'll say, lastly, you know, the third audience is those folks in oil and gas, right? Many of them feel that they can't come into renewables, right? That we're that we're just not open to them being involved. But actually, the opposite. We need their skill sets. We need the welders who you know used to weld pipelines for natural gas for LNG, right? We need those welders for wind turbines, right? Those folks who you know used to do fracking in the in the past, right? We need them for geothermal, right? Those folks who, you know, in the past that finance around, you know, around oil exploration, guess what? We need them for the solar industry. So, you know, my kind of call to action to all three of those audiences is listen, we all have an opportunity here to to be part of the success of this industry. And, and we actually need you. We need all three of those cohorts to come together to ensure continued growth in the industry. So, you know, and and, and take a risk, you know, to the naysayers that say, no, don't take a risk, guess what? Take the risk. Because at the end of the day, yes, you might fail in the short term, but guess what? You're going to succeed in the long term. And and we have all these people that are featured in the book to thank for showing us that, indeed, take the risk and, and it'll pay off.
1: I can certainly hear your passion and and the inspiration that you're offering for so many audiences out there, right? Young folks thinking about where to go in my career. Here's a, yeah. here's a fascinating industry that maybe you haven't considered yet because it's still... It's hard to say feels still a little bit new, but I think for many, it still feels new, right? We don't have solar panels on every roof. Not everybody drives right. an electric car, right? All of these things. But certainly industry veterans can continue to learn and grow and get great examples from your book. And I love this concept of maybe some of the folks where the fracking industry is maybe dried up or gone away from them, right? Your skill set is very much, you have the ability exactly. to utilize it in this industry. I—that That is brilliant. So Tom, thinking about this book, this book journey, all these interviews you did and the way you mm-hmm. learned and grew and sort of started out like, gosh, should I write a book? I don't know the time. And then you went through this amazing experience. What do you think you learned about yourself along the way?
0: You know, two things. Number one, you know, as a marketer, I think a lot of marketers who are listening to this podcast will probably relate. You know, I thought I was a horrible writer, a long form <laughs> writer, right? We, in marketing, we get used to writing bylines. We're used to PowerPoint bullets, right. We used to, you know, we're being told to be concise and get straight to the point in our advertising and our marketing, right. This exercise actually did challenge me to go back to original roots and and write long form writing, right. A novel like writing. And I, I at first was, was completely horrified. I was like, this is not <laughs> going to end well, you know, I, I was like, my, my, my editors who are going to be reading the, this will probably be like, okay, we, we just need to walk away. This is a lost cause. Right. But to my surprise and shock, You know, following the courses that were part of you know the the programming for the creator community, I actually got to learn and go back to the basics on writing, on theory of writing, how to structure writing, right? And that really did give me confidence that yes, indeed, I can I can do long-form writing again and and do it well. And actually it has impacted my current job too. It's it's made me, it's inspired me actually to write more beyond just marketing, right? So you have blogs, you have opportunities to opt-eds. Opportunities to do much more than that. So it did, and, you know, this journey did give me confidence again to, to be that writer and, and show me how to do that. I would say the second thing it it you know provided me with was again this theme of gratitude and this reflection point. You know, we talk about an, a work environment right that empowers you, and yet we we find it hard and we struggle to find the time to really just take a moment to pause and reassess where we are in our career, where we want to go, right, and how we change things. To make sure our journey gets to where the destination is, right? And so this writing journey actually gave me that reflection point where I got to reflect where did I come from? Where am I going? And you know, where do I really want to create an impact still in my in, in my career, right? So doing that really did, I would say this writing journey really did surprise me that way. And it got me this chance to reconnect, you know, with a hundred CEOs that have really created an industry that we can be proud of. And let me tell you, just having the opportunity. Many of them being extremely generous with our time, half an hour to an hour interviews, which in their busy schedules, you know, running multi-million, multi-billion dollar companies is, is a rarity. They gave me the time. And I think it goes back to my original comment that we are an industry that supports each other. And in an industry that supports each other, we have mentors, mentors that are amazing. And these individuals showed me it doesn't matter what age, what career path you're in, you know, where you are in your career, right? There's always time to have a mentor. And there's always time to also be a mentor. So I think that's my biggest takeaway from this was we all have a role to play in ensuring the success of renewables and being a mentor or you know mentoring so or being mentored right. So take that risk, reach out to folks that you 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 know that you you have followed for years right, and ask for that mentorship opportunity. Because nine times out of ten, that individual will come back and say yes, I you know I'm happy to help you in your career journey. And I think that's that's really what made this journey special is realizing. Just how lucky we are, right? To have those mentorship opportunities, and also to have those opportunities to mentor others and be part of someone else's success in, the, in, in, in their careers, right? I think it's it's it all goes back to karma. You know, the more goodness, the more gratitude you put out there, the more help you put out there. We all benefit from that ultimately as a renewables industry, right? So
1: attitude, helping others. Meeting all these incredible people, them giving you access. I'll give you a little credit here that you're not giving to yourself, Tom. You really hustled throughout this journey. But I think part of it was as you continue to sort of open up these doors, it helps you grow your passion for this project, right? And suddenly I know when I wrote my wrote my own book, at some point you you couldn't wait to get back to your desk at nine o'clock at night, which is I wrote my book at night because I was like, I need to keep writing. This is this is just so unbelievable. And it certainly sounds like you had that experience. So when you think about the book i mean so many great positives along the way i know you've got a number of Correct. incredible speaking engagements lined up around on the book launch what do you want people to know is your key message here tom from we took the risk what's what can readers expect from you from the book
0: yeah i know i would say get ready for a book that you know it's like a roller coaster ride of emotion right i i went through it right i didn't think it was going to be that powerful when i wrote it but i'm hoping uh you know for the average reader who's coming into it someone who's new to the industry or someone who's been in the industry for a long time you know this is just like a coffee side you know a breakfast chat we're going to talk to you about renewables right take you on this journey so you have a better understanding the history where we came from right and then basically almost be a final wall as you go through these personal career journeys of these 25 executives who all on all you know were very different all from very different socioeconomic backgrounds right all from very diverse backgrounds but they all Kind of had a sense of okay, there's something here that's missing in the renewable sector. There's something we can do to change that, right? And all of them, and you know, you know, via these key traits, really added to the vibrance of the industry, right? And 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 the author, I think the re, the readers rather, just like me as the author, I think will will feel this inspiration, this pride, and also this call to action. And also this relatability that we all can relate to each of these individuals, right? Who are now these big time CEOs and, and leaders in the industry. So I think the get ready as a reader to go on this journey, get inspired. And, and hopefully, you know, when you close the book, you know, if, you, if you're, if you you know, I'm I'm very old-fashioned, I like to turn books, I like to smell the book, right? Have it physically in my hand. But even if you do the Kindle or you read through electronically, right? Or, or eventually listen to the audiobook, my hope is they come away from this excited, empowered. And you have sort of a guidebook as to how to really jumpstart your career in renewables, right? No matter what phase of the career journey you're on, right? So that's my hope is that you walk away from this and go, you know what, Let, let's do this. Let's take a risk. Let's uh, get involved in renewables. If you're coming to this industry for the first time, or, or if you're in this industry, you still have time to create impact here. and And we want it, we need it. And, you know, get ready for the journey. It's going to be a fun one.
1: So many key lessons and messages in here for people to think about taking risks differently, but also I love the word you use, their impact, which is like, this industry is having an impact on all of our lives as we've talked about in so many different ways. And what I find fascinating is, right, we took the risk. I think you could, as, as important as I I think, and I certainly feel your energy around this as renewables are, I think yes. these lessons could be applied to so many industries, right? Not that we want- 100%. Right? And that's what I think is so interesting about your book, that this is a risk taker book. It's a leadership book. It's a philosophical book about how to how to delve into the unknown and create something out of nothing. And so many excellent stories about that throughout your book. So Tom, the book's coming out here, end of September, 2022. What's next for you? What are your big goals for this year and beyond?
0: Oh gosh, well, definitely. I'm very fortunate, as you mentioned before, speaking on a number of podcasts, speaking at a lot of conferences. I'm having four lunch parties coming up this fall, which, again, half terrified, half excited. Right, <laughs> terrified in that everyone's going to have by that point read the book, right, and and I'm going to I'm getting ready for feedback, right, but very excited. And and you know, talk about an amazing gift to reconnect with all these pr- people who have been in my journey for the last eighteen years, right. You know, sometimes, you know, people joke It's kind of an off color joke that you have to wait until a funeral, you know, to to really, you know, look back at your life and, and see all the connections you made in your life. You know, so how fortunate am I to have this opportunity to be in the same room with so many people who in a direct or indirect way really affected my career and created an impact in my life, right? I think, you know, the big message here is that we all can create impact in other people's lives. Even if it's you taking 15 minutes every week to answer a random email of somebody saying, listen, I want to learn more about renewables. Can you help me? You know, if we all took that 15 minutes every week, imagine the hundreds of people we would eventually impact, you know, and both and from a career perspective and also from a, a personal passion perspective, right? So for me having this opportunity in the next couple of months to, you know, revisit with all these folks across four launch parties in four major cities across the US, to have this opportunity as audio book and to hear what people's feedback is. I mean, what what a great gift, right? And I know the the number one piece of feedback I've already received is when's the next book coming out, right? When are you going to talk about all these people you missed out on? Okay. So it's going to be, I I think that's going to be the next challenge and opportunity is is maybe revisiting and looking at, okay, well, who are the other leaders that we should talk about? You know, and and in closing, you know, the biggest thing I want to take out of this book, right, is to show that Whoever you are in the industry, we want I wanted to provide an image or a picture of you being able to see yourself in this industry, right? In order to jump into an industry, you know, many of us feel comfortable when we see somebody like us who had already taken the risk, who had already gone into the industry and made a success of themselves. So my biggest hope over the next couple of months is to use this book and inspire those people to see themselves in our industry and take the risk and jump into the industry, right? So that's my, you know, that's what the next few months look like. I'm also gonna be donating the book to a number of charities. i have gonna be announcing a number of partnerships with charities or philanthropic efforts that are workforce development, or who are offering scholarships to young, talented individuals coming to this industry. So I'm hoping those books get into the right hands and that we take the we all collectively take the risk, right? And invest in each other. In making this a, a, an amazing industry, even more amazing than it is today.
1: Powerful message about. Making the world a better place at the end of the day, being right. grateful, helping others, and finding this intersection of right c- creation and passion to to do things better in the world. And this is certainly a great example of that, Tom. Uh, apparently, you know, New Degree Press, the pub book, the book publisher, is not the only one fond of your book. We had this great quote here from Mary Powell that is, I think, on the back of your book. Mary Powell, Chief Executive Officer, of Sunrun. She said, Tom does an exceptional job of weaving in a conversation about the leadership traits that empowered these visionary leaders while contextualizing their struggles against the backdrop of an ever-changing U.S. renewables market. I would recommend this book to anyone who is aspiring to become a renewable leader. How did that feel to hear that from Mary? Uh, no words.
0: <laughs> no, as you heard me utter like words, right? No <laughs> words. And it's one of just so many early praises. You know, I, I, I got 15 early praises that I expected from folks and each one of them really just truly appreciated, truly appreciated. And all, and again, these are leaders who I, I wish I could have featured in the book, right? They in their own rights could have been this book also. So just, especially Mary Powell uh, and her strong leadership background. So well, an, an immense good. gratitude. Yeah.
1: Well done, Mary Powell. You left Tom Weirich speechless. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, if people want to learn more about you in the book, where might they go?
0: Definitely. So I have a book website called we took the risk.com. So all one word. So feel free to visit me there. I talk about, I speak to my writing journey. I have a blog series there. So you can continue to be with me on this journey, even after the October 1st, the launch of the book. Right. And, you know, I invite you, please continue being part of the journey and reach out. I would love to be in touch with you. And if you are looking for that inspiration into getting into renewables, please do reach out. I'm happy to, if I can't help you right away, I can definitely put you in touch with others to help you. So, you know, take the risk, be in touch, and, and let's uh, let's join this journey together moving forward on a, on a more brighter and cleaner renewable energy industry. Uh,
1: the giving and the gratitude never end with you, my friend. I really appreciate your story, your mindset, and you sharing it here with the creator community today. Tom, great to see you. Thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Sean. Thank you.
1: Tom's book, We Took the Risk, will be out this September 2022, wherever you buy books online. Go out and get your copy today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Creator Community channel on your favorite podcast platform. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review. Reach out to Tom. And if you're ready to write your book, visit creator.institute to learn more about the cohort starting this fall. I'm your host of the Creator Community, John
0: Saunders. Keep creating.